Thank you for listening to this podcast of the teaching of Walford Kaufman. This series is on the book of Revelation. Please get your Bibles out as this episode gives us an introduction of this wonderful book. Well, look at the scripture here this evening. We're looking at uh, Revelation, the 16th chapter, verses 1 through 21. Revelation 16, 1 through 21. Some writers, some writers feel that these bold judgments are just repeating the you know, those uh, seal and trumpet judgments we had earlier. Uh, but there's, there are similarities. But, oh, there's so much more difference in these. See, the bold judgments are universal. They're, I mean, they're everywhere. And also, they're more intense. In other words, if you want to look at those seal judgments, the, uh, those trumpet judgments, they were just the appetizer for what's happening here with the bold judgments. And remember, we talked about this last week, that the, we talked about a bowl. It's more like a saucer. It's not like something you have to turn all the way over and pour every drop out. It is, a, it is on like a saucer that just, when I toss it, it comes out immediately and it covers everything. So that's when you think of that bowl. I, I, I think of a cereal bowl. And I've, I've had some friends through the years, their cereal bowls look more like a, you know what I'm talking about? Y'all might have some children or grandchildren. When they got a bowl, they eat like this, you know. I, I'm used to that little bowl. But we look at the first bowl here, verses 1 and 2. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. And the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the land, and ugly and painful sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. So here we see the startling impact of loud voices. Now I want you to think about this. Loud voices is mentioned 20 times in the book of Revelation. Loud voices to get your attention. And but just in this chapter alone, the Greek word for loud is mentioned six times times. It's kind of like, I need your attention. Listen here. Listen here. That's the kind of uh, emphasis here. So the loud voice emphasized the magnitude of the judgment. Folks, don't ever say that God does not warn. He warns even here. Even he, he ought to just be zapping. You ever, uh, I read about a situation. This lady, uh, they pulled a stun gun out on her. You, you, you know, they pulled a stun gun out. Why did you do it? But they go back and show the video of it. She was warned three times. Ma'am, if you don't, you know, if you don't do this, if you don't get out of the car, if you don't. She was warned three times. He did it. And then she wants to blame him. She was warned. It's like that little child. If you keep on doing that, I'm going to spank your hand. I want to spank your hand. I just cut to the first one. <laughs> Go ahead and spank them the first time. But no, but God doesn't do that. He warns. And so that's what's happened, this loud voice. And so uh, these are supernatural acts of God. Uh, and they, but they come in rapid action. I mean, we're talking about, um, I told you all on, on Sunday nights, uh, when I get home after church, I love adventure, uh, action-packed movies. And I've seen too many Rambos and stuff like that, but that type of thing. Where all the action comes and it comes quick and it comes fast. Well, that's what's happening here with these bold judgments. There's going to be one little brief pause and that's only allow the angel to uh, pronounce that God's judgments are righteous. 
So there's going to be a little, little tiny pause. And so these are, those saucers thrown at once. And so we see here this judgment is a sore that affects all people who have rejected Jesus. Now, have you ever had any of those kind of sores? Have you ever had a sore that just, I mean, just bothered you completely? I mean, I, what am I, you know, uh, abscess, or I need to get that lance, I need to do this. But can you imagine having a body filled with those kind of sores? You know, that's what's happening to these folks. We're talking about festering, we're talking about painful and incurable. Incurable. And then we see the second bowl. The second bowl, verse 3. And the second bowl poured out his bowl on the sea, and it turned into blood like that of a dead man, and every living thing in the sea died. So we see that this uh, second bowl affects the sea. Now, how do you like that? Blood like a dead man. Now, I'm not going to ask because some of you can give me some explanation. Y'all have done research. Or you've unfortunately seen it in work-related situations and all this. I don't want to know, but I, I can't imagine this. What could it be like? How the, the thickness of it, the stench of it, the, uh, how awful it is. And what we see is every living thing in the sea dies. Okay. What's the percentage? I know we got some research people here, scientists in here and all this. But tell me, the ocean covers what percentage of the Earth's surface? 50. Plus? 70%. of the Earth is covered by some type of ocean. 70%. Now, can you imagine the stench of that? You ever been down at the beach when a... Just a few little fish that floated up, dead. A few. Can you imagine all the ocean? All of the ocean with that kind of smell. The stench of this. Uh, y'all realize that's kind of similar to the first plague in Egypt? Remember? The river turning red? It's, it's very similar to that. And the second trumpet judgment talked about it. Just a glimpse of it. Uh, there's something called the red tide. Uh, I read about this. That's where concentrated toxic species of algae uh, kill uh, the higher forms of marine life. So in that um, red tide, it can kill shellfish, uh, fish, marine mammals, and they can cause the stench for miles. But here's the every ocean... Every ocean in this on this on this planet has this. Um, what a testimony! God gives life. God can take life, can He? Uh, that wicked people who have rejected Jesus will see who's in control. This is what gets me, and I go ahead. I may be jumping a little bit ahead. This is what gets me. God is letting them have it with all barrels, and they know what He's doing, and they see total devastation, and they keep rejecting Him. They keep rejecting Him. And then we see the third bowl. The third bowl, verse 4. And the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. Then I heard the angel in charge of the waters say, You are just in these judgments. 
you who are and who were the Holy One, because you have so judged, for they have shed the blood of your saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink as they deserve. And I heard the altar respond, Yes, Lord God Almighty, true and just are your judgments. Wow, what we see here, the third bowl, it moves from the oceans now to the rivers and the springs. The rivers and the springs. Y'all remember the third judgment back in chapter 8? Already, what, about a third of the waters, the springs, the rivers, have already been polluted. A third. That was back in that third judgment. And so, all that has happened... And then, you remember the two witnesses? Those two witnesses, they had the power to stop the rain for three and a half years. Okay, let's get it. Uh, the rivers have already, third of them, already polluted. Fresh water, let's catch some rain. No rain. No rain have come about. And then... There was a temporary restraining of the earth's wind back in chapter 7. And if there's no wind, no clouds coming in, nothing happened, all this, the, that wind just drying out. Y'all remember the good rains we have? And then all of a sudden that wind starts blowing, everything dries up, right? That's what's already have been on this earth. And then here comes this bold judgment that wipes out the rest. Now, I don't know about you. Do y'all like a good cup of water? I do. Yeah. A good cup of water. They don't, I, mean, I mean, they don't have to be ice cold just to get a little bit of water. That's what's starting to happen here. There is no water for these people to drink. And so t this is most, one of the most terrible uh, of, the, of the bold judgments. And so, so terrible that people will question the compassion of God. They will question the compassion of God. How can, a, how can God, a loving God, do this? And you have to admit something. Here's this adult about this size, you know. Hey, it's an adult. It needs to be punished. But who else is going to get punished also? Children. Babies. Innocent little old ladies. And so you can imagine if they don't know Christ and they're going through this, but they look and say, I thought you had a loving God. How can a loving God do this? It makes sense. But God's righteousness will be defended by the angel of the waters in a song. And that's what we see here. You are just in these judgments. You who are and who were the Holy One. And so it goes on. This is a song. But we need to realize this. God's wrath is terrifying. It is deadly. But it is also just and appropriate. It's just and appropriate. He is, I mean, He is God of love, but He's also God of wrath. But he is, he's, not one, he's not one of these that say, I'm just going to wipe out. There's a reason for everything that God does. And fittingly, those who have spilled the blood of the innocent will be given blood to drink. Remember, these innocent folks that say, why does God do this? Are the same people that have turned against. You remember those that do not have the mark of the beast? 
Those that don't do, have not taken on that mark, those that have been pushed away, they have been killed. They have been punished. They can't. They, they can't have food. I mean, you can't sell them anything. I mean, just so. Here's what's happened, folks. Here's what's happened with all this. God is just just and appropriate, and He's making those who spilled the blood of innocent people drink that blood. Sounds bad. But we don't want to be in this time, do we? We don't want to be in this time. And then we see the personified altar. Take personified altar. In other words, this altar is not a piece of wood. This altar is the saints that have been slain in the name of Jesus. Remember I was talking about that altar before where they were under it? But now what we see is the personified altar of persecuted saints gives an amen to answer prayer. See, these are people that, I'm honest, these are some folks that have lost their heads. These are folks that had their throats cut. These are folks that have been shot. These are folks that have been hung. All because of the name of Jesus. They've been in prison. They've been beaten. And all this goes on. And now what they're seeing is, God, you are just. Thank you. I didn't die in vain. I did not die in vain. And so it says, yes, Lord, almighty, true and just are your judgments. And then we see the fourth bowl. The fourth bowl, verse 8. And the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and the sun was given power to scorch people with fire and they were seared by the intense heat and they cursed the name of God who had control over these plagues but they refused to repent and glorify him but we have a change in direction the first three bowls were on the earth this bowl goes up to the sun but it's not, a lot of times you think well it's going to cover the sun no it's like pouring gasoline on a fire when this Plague is poured out on the sun. It intensifies that sun that everyone that does not believe on the name of Jesus will be scorched. I mean just scorched. And so it's poured out upon the sun. And the people on earth will be scorched by it if they have the mark of the beast on them. I mean, some of y'all gotten sunburned before. I remember driving the young people down to Daytona. You know, we left out, what, at 12 o'clock at midnight and drove through. I drove through the night. And so that afternoon we got on the beach. I was just going to lay down on the beach right in the sand. You know, I got a little towel out. Nobody woke me up. And I didn't plan to be there, but just 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I didn't know I was going to sleep for over an hour laid out on the beach. I'm going to tell you what, that was the most uncomfortable couple of days. Especially, I wasn't going to let any of those young boys put any of that lotion on my back. You ain't touching me. You ever try to spray yourself from the back here? Oh, oh no, no. Mm-mm. But that was burned. This ain't nothing compared to what happens here. This is what happens. And so, now, it's not in the Scripture. It's not in the Scripture. I'll go ahead and say that. Uh, but I want you to think about it. If we're scorched, what's going to happen to the rest of this earth? Hmm? And some ideas uh, that we see here, a melting of the polar ice caps. What's that vice president? He probably would agree with that, wouldn't he? 
Al Gore, go ahead and say it. Al Gore. He probably would like this idea. But just think of the polar caps. If they, if this intense heat hits this earth, what's going to happen? I, I mean, the rise of the ocean water levels. You know, there's already some predictions of that. I saw some uh, pictures of uh, sports complexes of what would happen if the sea level rises. There's a lot of sports complexes. They spend, but how many hundreds of millions of dollars to build or more that would be just covered up with water? Just in what we're doing now, what happens here? Widespread damage and loss of life by flooding. Transportation by sea will become impossible. And folks, if you stop transportation to seas, what's going to happen to our economy? Hmm? I mean, look what all the stuff coming. Just, just massive things going on. And not written on here, but just think what it would be like for all the leaves on the trees. They couldn't take it. They couldn't take it. Just think of all the grass dying. I mean, we had, we've had a hot summer, right? It's been a rough summer. And, oh, and I want to praise the Lord for this. Jerusalem Project, we're able to do our job in the shade. That's the best. That's the best job site I've had ever. So, but you just think if we didn't have that shade, like some of these folks, uh, like uh, I think Nick had to go work in yesterday afternoon. I think he got burned up pretty good yesterday afternoon. It's nothing compared to what this is going to be like. And then here's the thing about it: people continue to blaspheme the name of God. People continue to blaspheme the name of God. Now, I don't know if you realize this, up until this time, only the Antichrist has been listed as blaspheming the name of God. Only the Antichrist. Now we have the rest of the world, the followers, those that have the mark of the beast on them. They are copying their leader. They're following the Antichrist. They've adopted his character. But do you see how blind these people are? Do you see how blind they are? Uh, how hard of hearts the, the world has become? And But don't we see that in this day and time? Now, folks, and, and I don't mean this in a bad way, because I know some of you, you, you might be a smoker and, and all this, but you know what blew my mind one time visiting in, in 96? Was... Uh, yeah, I actually lived in a town called 96 in there and uh, went to visit this fellow the first time. And he's sitting there in a wheelchair with oxygen on. He can't hardly breathe. But he said, preacher, hope you don't mind this. Pulls his oxygen off, puts it on top of his head and lights up a cigarette. Yeah. Now, does that make sense? Uh, now we now um, here I say this we all have our addictions don't we we all have our hangups we all have our problems and all this but why do we keep on doing those things hmm? the 400 pound person by my grandmother who doctor would say uh, Ms. Boykin don't eat this this and this and guess what on the way home what we would do we'd stop by the barbecue place the Kentucky Fried Chicken place and get all this stuff Folks, we laugh about things like that, but what about these folks who sin God knocking on their heart's door and they keep on their sin? Not only do they keep on their sin, they start to blaspheme the name of God. 
At least other folks say, I need to quit this. I need to, st- I need to get on an exercise program. I need to do this. But why do we keep on that lifestyle like that? But sometimes our hearts do get hard. Let's look at the fifth bowl. Verse 10. And the fifth angel poured out his bowl and, and on the throne of the beast. And his kingdom was plunged into darkness. Men gnawed their tongues in agony and cursed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, but they refused to repent of what they had done. And so here we see the lights went out in the beast's kingdom. Remember, he set up a kingdom. I mean, now, at first, go back and look at the kingdom. We're talking about Donald Trump. I'm not going there. Anyway, uh, but you know, this was the, this was the leader that came in and said, I'll, I'll help you. I'll take care of this. We'll take care of that problem. You'll have perfect peace and all this stuff. And he set up a kingdom. Everything worked around him. And then it starts falling apart. And so we see his kingdom here falling apart. Some think it may be one to follow. Some think that this bowl was poured out on the actual throne. I, now I don't, a throne, now remember this, a throne could be also a desk. It could be a point of leadership. It could be the United Nations. I've heard somebody say that one time. Uh, you know, leader of the United Nations. But it could be a specific point. It could be on the beast capital city of Babylon. Now some people have tried to say that's New York City. Babylon and this kingdom set up most likely will be in the Middle East somewhere. Most likely. The United States won't have much. By the time this comes about, there may not even be a United States. And so, okay. But then something is on this entire kingdom. But what the scripture does tell us, we know for sure, it will lead to darkness in the entire worldly kingdom. Now, I see this. Oh, I, I heard a lady last night. She's so frustrated. There wasn't a restaurant open on Floyd Baker Boulevard. Well, it was open. They just couldn't serve in food. Lights went out. I thought the lady was about to have a fit. <laughs> and it wasn't my wife either. So, okay. Uh, and all this. But can you imagine one thing? Can you imagine right now what would it be like in this world? Let's leave, let's leave the lights on. What would it be like in this world if we lost all phone phone service. Well, here. <laughs> you say that, well, you won't need 911. Oh, well, I do need that. Okay, okay. <laughs> or what about if uh, we lost all Internet? Now, I know somebody said, no big deal. But what about going to all darkness? You say your wife, you'd like for her to lose the Internet. The whole Internet. The whole bit. I, I can... <laughs> I can see him saying, Amen. Go for it. Go for it. I can do with the You got candles there. Oh. But if any of you ever had children, grandchildren around the house and electricity goes out, man, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. But just think of all this, this complete darkness. And we see here the beast will be helpless. The beast will be helpless. Okay, but let me paint a picture here for a few moments. Let's add all this up together. Okay, we just got through talking about darkness, but back it all the way up. Painful sores. You can't move. I mean, can you imagine having sores 
and you couldn't even close your arms down? Can you imagine you don't want anything sticking to you? Sores, oozing, okay? That's on our bodies. Uh, the foul oceans. No, well, I'm not going to go to the beach. The smell can drift all the way up here and it smell worse than Brown's packing. I found that something that smells worse than Brown's packing. What's the place over here next Broad River Electric where they make the dog food and cat food or whatever it is? You get that smell going good, okay? That's nothing compared to what this is going to be. So you got sores, you got the smell, you got the lack of drinking water. I mean, it's not there. There's intense heat. I mean, you, you're scorched. I mean, just, I mean, just burning up. And then also a thick darkness. Now, see, that's the crazy thing to think about this. I think of being scorched. I think of, you know, a bright sun. But this is going to be the type of scorch that we even going to feel in the darkness of that world. Now, you see what's happened to these people? Where is any joy? I'm going to go home and take a nap. How can you take a nap? You're covered with sores. You're in pain. Nothing the doctors give you will take care of it. The smell, the stench, that I mean, just every crack in your house. All this is going on. But I want you to realize this too. This is the last reference to their willingness to repent. Their unwillingness to repent. He's given them. The first five bowls were God's final call to repentance. Now we think these are, uh, these are awful. The sores, the oceans, the drinking water, the heat, the blackness. That's all. But every one of them was one of God, I need you. God, forgive me. God, give me a new chance. Every one of those five were ones that could get them turned around in the right direction. But that's no more. It's no more. We move to the sixth bowl. Verse 12. And the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Then I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs. They came out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They are spirits of demons performing miraculous signs, and they go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them for the battle on the great day of God Almighty. And behold, I come like a thief. Blessed is he who stays awake and keeps his clothes with him so that he may not go naked and be shameful, shamefully exposed. Then they gathered the kings together to the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. Armageddon. And so what we see here in the sixth bowl, there's no specific assault on humanity. For one time we say, "Woo, man, we finally got a break. No sores, no heat, no nothing. This is, what's that southern terminology we like to use? This is a fixing to get ready to get a whooping. You're going to get it. It's setting the stage for it. It's all come about. And so the judge, this judgment prepares for what is to come. The drying up of the Euphrates is to be compared to the parting of the Red Sea. Now, I want y'all to realize this. Uh, all those movies we saw, you know, Moses gets on the other side and they're waiting. 
You know, they're, 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 they're looking. Now, some people said, look, look, here come, here comes the Egyptians. They're coming to kill us. And the people, you remember how some of them in that movie, they get kind of scared and they kind of warn about, oh, no. But you know what God is saying? God's on that other side saying, come on a little bit closer. Come on. Come on. I got something for you. You're going to get it now. You're going to get it. Come on. <laughs> I just, Medea, is that the one that said, come on. That's what's happening. And so, what we have here is a drying up. This is going to be a path that comes down. And there's going to be some people coming that way think they got it all taken care of. But God's one in control. This is the fixing to get ready one. And so out of the mouth, what we see out of the mouth here, what it came out of the Antichrist, out of the false prophet, all this going on. This is to symbolize, uh, symbolizing the source of influence. Even in the end of time, when the Euphrates is drying up, all these other things are happening, there's going to be these evil ones that are telling people what they want to hear. Continue in your sin. Do these things. It's okay. All these things are happening. So that's what we see as uh, 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 the source of influence. And there's no real uh, frogs here, but spirits of demons. Spirits of demons. You ever been in a place where you felt the spirits of demons? I remember Catherine and I, years ago, somebody was in the hospital up in Charlotte. And uh, we said, well, let, since we got to go to Charlotte to the hospital, we'll go out to eat afterwards. And, and we were going to go to a restaurant there, but there was a little shopping strip there. And uh, and we walked in and, uh, I mean, parked. And we were about to go to the restaurant. I said, let's check out the bookstore first. And we walked in and we looked around and... Both of us looked at each other and said, let's get out. Well, I thought it was a regular bookstore. I didn't know it was one of these new age bookstores. Y'all ever been in one of those kind of things? You know, uh, basically it's one of those tossing God out and make yourself God. But also it dealt with the evil spirits and, and satanic worship and all that it had books about it. And we felt the presence of Satan in that place. And boy, we got out of there quick as could be. And it's like we walked outside. It's like, thank goodness we're out of there. Here, these spirits of demons are moving along and attacking. And you know, Satan attacks. I wish, I wish Satan would just go ahead and attack right up front. You know, go ahead and slap you upside the head and get your attention. But Satan comes around as a buddy, doesn't he? He comes around as friendly. He comes around as it's not that big a deal. I mean, y'all think about y'all's first drink. Think about the first, maybe if you did drugs. Maybe some uh, a little affair you got involved in. Uh, you know, it didn't go far. No, 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 it didn't go far. But the flirtation, wasn't it innocent? Wasn't it just a, oh, it's no big deal? That's how Satan plays his game. I just wish he'd go ahead and attack us, but instead, no, he comes in the easy way. That's why, look at the, it says there, uh, verse 15, Behold, I come like a thief. Not one that knocks, uh, comes through the window at night, but one that comes in and beats your friend, then takes. But be blessed is he who stays awake and keeps his clothes. Yes, who stays awake. That's an imagery of soldiers alert and on duty. 
soldiers who are alert and on duty. <laughs> and I, I hope none of you... Have you ever come across some business and all and see a security guard reminds you of Barney? Hmm? And Barney's a good fellow. Barney, I mean, you know, I better not attack Barney and all this. But you remember how, time, how many times Andy had to, had to rescue Barney? Yeah, many, many times. Folks, we need to be like Andy and keep our eyes alert. And yes, um, we're not going to get much in location, but that focal point is the Battle Armageddon. Folks, if you go in there and look at the, uh, the, the maps and all this, what you know is it's a, it's a, a vast, flat land with some hills around it. And many are saying it's going to be, yes, it is going to be the greatest battle ever was. But the thing about it is how many people are going to be able to witness this? Uh, can you imagine this day and time? you got cameras on guys out in the, in the battlefields and cameras. Can you imagine what it's going to be like at Armageddon? Unbelievable. All that's going on. But let's look at the seventh bowl, starting verse 17. And uh, the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and out of the temple came a loud voice from the throne saying, It is done. Then there came flashes of lightning, rumbling, peals of thunder, and a severe earthquake. No earthquake like it has ever occurred since man has been on earth. So tremendous was the quake, the city, the great city split into three parts, and the cities of the nations collapsed. God remembered Babylon the great and gave her the cup filled with the wine of fury of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains could not be found. From the sky, huge hailstones of about a hundred pounds each fell upon men. And they cursed God on account of the plague of hail, because the plagues, the plague was so terrible. So terrible. So, what we see here is a final outpouring of God's wrath on sinners in the present earth. In this present earth. At that time, it's a final outpouring. Of his wrath. Uh, it's the worst calamity in the world's history. But this bowl is poured out upon the earth's atmosphere. What covers? Now you got to remember who's in control of the earth at this time. Or who thinks he is? Satan. He's thrown out of heaven. He's controlled on the earth. You remember that one time when the angel was in midair between couldn't be touched by Satan. But here, God's come and thrown this, or the angel has thrown this bold judgment upon the atmosphere. And then it is done. That's a completed action with ongoing results. Man, I, I gotta remember my English. <clears throat> but that's one of these kind of things. It's a completed action. It is done. It is done. But what else happened? Look what happens at lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a severe earthquake. And so we see that it's a complete action. Uh, God will punctuate this, the final judgment with an earthquake. But can I ask you something? Do you remember when Jesus died on the cross? What happened? There was an earthquake. A lot of times we forget it about that. We remember the, uh, the uh, curtain torn... But you remember there was those that came out of the graves because the ground shook. But this is an earthquake like never, never before. It will reno uh, renovate and reconfigure the earth. 
That's how massive... What it says here, it, we, what's going to happen with all this that happened, uh, that it, there's going to be no mountains, right? They're going to collapse. All this is going to happen. Uh, the mountains couldn't be found. Every island has fled away. That's how massive this earthquake's going to be. But some believe this is preparing the earth for the millennial kingdom. You remember the thousand year reign? And so we, we got a massive construction job going on. And God's in control. And then some believe it's restoring it to the pre-flood condition. It's level. It's level. It's going to reshape this earth. You know, we're spinning around right now. It's hard to believe that it's spinning around and we can stay right here. But it's going to reshape earth completely. It's going to be just what God wants it to be. He's shaping it. And so Jerusalem will be split into three parts. Three parts. This great city. But this is not to judge the city, but to enhance it. What's going to happen is New York, Los Angeles, Rome, Rio de Janeiro, uh, you know, all these places, they're destroyed. This earth is changed. And the one city that's going to be left is lifted up. It's Jerusalem. It's Jerusalem that's going to be lifted up. So it's not to judge it. And the largest hailstorm ever will kill many. And then change the look of the earth. A hundred, what, what would a hundred pound hail, piece of hail do to this building? I mean, a hundred pounds dropped from how far? What would it do to Gaffney? Hmm? And the people were trying to hide. Now, the people that are trying to hide have been scorched. It's, oh, tell me, tell me something. It's been dark, isn't it? How do you hide from something when you're running in the dark? See what's happening? All this going on. Somebody said this is, uh, you know, you, some of you pressure wash your house, right? Some of you ever use sandblasting? What about sandblasting with 100-pound pieces of hail? You're cleaning house, aren't you? This is God work. But look, the most terrible thing of all this. Look what it says there. And they curse God on account of the plague of hail because it was so terrible. They cursed God. When do you surrender? When do you surrender? Bow your heads. When do you surrender? When do you surrender your all to Jesus?